Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with three creatives, whether it's art, fashion, photography, music, and uh, they just came together to create a movement of some sort slash clothing line known as uh, Unemployed. We've got returning guest James Gertie. Hi, Blake. <laughs> Jordan, who I just recently met like a week or two ago. Mansion party. And? Sam Shoemaker. There we go. Yeah. First and last name, please. Every time. <laughs> Thank you. I want to start with <laughs> Sam, actually. <laughs> oh, so, this is perfect. Oh, this is bad. It was crazy. I um, I I grew up on Mercer Island, and uh-huh. first of all, these colors are like the, my so school. Mercer Island High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I went to school with this kid named Sam Shoemaker, and I thought it was the weirdest name. No way. I was like, there's no way anyone else has a name like Shoemaker. <laughs> we all grew up believing that, and I've met like 30 of them since, like from really? the area. None of us are related. Probably somewhere along the line, but I don't know. And what is the origins behind Shoemaker? Uh, I think mine was Schumacher. I think it was a, a, a German name that got butchered um, oh. uh, by some wasp on Ellis Island processing people. So so you're German? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some German in there. Some German, some Irish. Uh I mean, like, I'd, I'd say, like, 70% of, like, white people in America have German and, like, Irish and Puritan wasp. So, something <laughs> like that. It's it's really not interesting, but, yeah. I think it's very interesting. Unless you're interested, yeah, yeah. Have you done, like, a DNA and Me? No, the 23andMe, I have not done a 23andMe. Me neither. Um, I, I don't want the, uh, you know, the CIA already has all of my information. I don't want them to have my blood as well. So, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to fucking do with that. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. There yeah. we go. These motherfuckers are crazy. And... Jordan, I met you. Yeah, I met you like two two weeks ago. About two weeks ago, yeah. And we had a we had Anna's a deep house. conversation on about it. like the music industry. Right. And then who was with us? Uh, we were on it. We were on it. All day Trey. All day and Trey. And then uh, your producer homie. Oh fuck, Devin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. I'm glad you remembered the name. I felt bad. <laughs> no worries. It's yeah. been. He was a nice guy. It's weird seeing people again after, because uh, I was home for like five months at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And then, I went out every once in a while. After, over the year past year, but it hasn't been until I'd say like late May when I went on my tour that I went back into like the the world. Yeah, and it's weird to see things differently now and like reconnect with old people. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I didn't remember Devin's name at first for a while too. <laughs> so I kept <laughs> I kept throwing I kept throwing I kept throwing like stories. I was like. Oh, remember when we did this? And if he was like, no, I'd be like, okay, that's not him. Remember when we did this? <laughs> He's like, oh, He's shit. He's just being very polite the entire night. Yes. <laughs> and then, Gertie, you were just on the podcast recently. I was. I actually never left. I was sleeping right here. Yeah. <laughs> In this huge He was studio. out on the stoop. I was out on the stoop. <laughs> and it's crazy to see, like, how connected you are with people, Gertie. Like, everyone knows you. It's funny. It's 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 fun. It's getting it's getting weird when people come up to me and know me and I've never met them before. It's like uh, it actually scares me a lot because I'm really <laughs> introverted and I want to run away. But then I like put a smile on and it's fun. But these yeah. these guys are influencer guys are Gertie the best. now. Yeah, yeah, influencer Gertie. Influencer yeah. Gertie. We are we are but peasants in the midst of a king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And I think I've I think I've met you before over Zoom. Were you part of like the martial law band? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a part of the initial rollout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, had, I was. I, I was some digital marketing. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. part of some of those meetings. Gotcha. And that's how I first remembered you. I was like shoemaker. There can't be that many Sam shoemakers. No, not too many. Yeah. So how do you guys all know each other? Uh, we met uh mostly through me. Okay. Um, the great facilitator. Yeah, that's that's kind of my role. Uh, the guy. Sam is an artist. Uh, I used to do a uh, promotion back in the day, and we were introduced uh, through my friend Ryan, 
And then likewise, probably with you too, Gertie. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we used to just run into each other at shows a lot and stuff, but Ryan really started bringing me around you. And then with Sam, uh, I was a big fan of Sam for, uh, I've been a big fan of Sam's music for years on years. <laughs> he, uh, we're like, so I've been sober for like four years now. And I, uh, I saw a bro was playing at like an AA hall, like three and a half years ago. And I was like, oh weird. That's like really cool. Cause I'm going through that right now and stuff. Wait, and they then make, they like, there's concerts at AA meetings? He performed at an so AA I got, hall. I got asked, I got asked by the place where I got sober in 2013, if I would do like a show and kicking and screaming, uh, after you know meditating about it i was like this one is for service and and so i did it um um and it turned into a fundraiser and i think we i think we ended up raising like 1500 bucks for that that haul so that was Ooh. cool but um but yeah and yeah. so he came out no 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 the story the story of that is i didn't go oh. i just saw the oh, flyer shit. and thought okay. it was cool <laughs> but no nobody Noby was main support on his headline at Columbia City Theater right, for Grimy Gospel, yeah. and I was excited, and I ran up on him outside and was like, yo, like, really cool what you do, because I didn't know him and Noby were friends, and then I heard the songs that, the one song you guys have together, and I got yeah, excited, yeah, yeah. and yeah, so, like, yeah. and then, yeah, we didn't become friends until recently, but, but like, that was, that was how I, like, got introduced to Sam and stuff, was just at his headline. Okay. Yeah. And so you've known Sam the longest in Jordan. Yeah, definitely. We've been buddies, what, five? years like now? six years yeah five yeah, six years absolutely Weird. yeah been, i remember I when i first moved out i've, here I've watched you grow up man. yeah it's no, amazing it's wild. yeah it's my guy yeah, since i was like 20 yeah yeah i know you were a kid yeah uh, so what are the ages here uh man you're gonna make me do it yeah, <laughs> I'm, you have I'm, to. I'm 33 okay yeah 25. Uh, really? I feel yeah. like Gertie would be the older one. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm bro, I just found out Ro was 25 favorite. like two weeks ago. That's my favorite. <laughs> I thought he was my age. I was like, shit. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. 26. There we go. So I, I was the baby of the group before yeah. Gertie came along. So, Sam, have you been making music for how long now, then? Uh, I didn't start making music until after I got sober. Uh, so, I've been making music since like 2015. That's um, funny. Most people make music when they're not sober. Yeah, I wanted the challenge, man. I, I just, I guess I was, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I, I was, I was like, without getting too much into, or I can, I can get into whatever, but um, it's not like an embarrassment thing. I just, you know, don't want to derail it too much. But uh, first couple of years I was sober, I, I spent pretty much all my time and energy just making sure that I could stay sober. Uh, and then just kind of working my ass off, digging myself out of debt, paying off all my debts, uh, just correcting my life uh uh at about two years i kind of you know it was like I, i'm an ambitious person i'm an educated person all this stuff and i was like okay what do i what do i really want to do now uh, i could always go back get a master's degree get a phd get a law degree anything like education is always on the table for me and i was like i want to be a fucking rapper <laughs> <laughs> and were you part of the music scene at all at that why point? not like... no not at all not at all yeah so you just started in your house or something yeah or... yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I played instruments when I was a kid and stuff like that, but I mean, like, a lot of people play instruments when they're a kid. I mean, I listened to music a lot. I wrote a lot of poetry. I wrote every day, um, but I had never recorded a song on a microphone. Um, um, I had never written a full song before. So it was just, it was like, I really just want to do this and just, like, see what happens. So you said you were 2015, that's when you started making... Yeah. So Macklemore was already established, I yeah. think... That's when Sam Chow was getting a lot of traction. Like, yeah. Did you see these other like white rappers in Seattle, or did you have no idea about the music scene at all? Besides, not actually being part of it. I knew of them, obviously. 
um um especially like you know macklemore blew up right at the time that i got sober and like you know he, he was pretty out front with his his journey to it's sobriety and stuff like that da, da, da. so <laughs> it, was, it was impossible not to know the guy that has what i think um is like the the most like streamed rap song of all time or one of the three most yeah it's one of the so, biggest hits ever. he has like two of the top five so like it's impossible not to know yeah. um i actually uh i started recording with the first studio i ever got into record was with d sane and he was mixing and mastering all of sam lachow's records oh, okay and so um uh or at least mastering them and so he had told me about sam lachow but but no it wasn't it wasn't really anything like that uh my mentality is kind of keep my head down make myself better uh and and get to the get to the point where the music is quality enough that then i can interact with the scene and do what i have to do on that end of things mm -hmm. and that let, let that happen organically focus on the records first uh and that's been a big journey so um there we yeah. go so we got a white rapper in the building up next we have a <laughs> Jesus, who takes photos. So let's let's there for the is. audience who hey, didn't listen to rap. To be fair, I rap too. Yeah. We got two white rappers. So yeah, for the audience who hadn't heard the digital and Gertie interview, uh, just tell people who you are again and what you do. Uh yeah, my name's James Gertie, and uh, I mean, I mean, I I'll do anything, like like anything I anybody needs. I got five needs. bucks right here. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. You beat me to it. Put it to me to it. But but that's that's really Put what it, it is. I've been on I've been on a whole thing recently of like kind of just being a being a yes man with work shit. If if somebody needs something and something I've never done before, like I'll give it a shot because I can fucking learn how to do it. And uh, you know the cam the camera stuff came because of that. And obviously that's the biggest thing right now is like camera work is is. Wait, actually I'm confused. Hustle. Did you start rapping first or doing well, photography? I've been rapping way longer than I've been using a camera. I've been rapping for like twelve years. And then how long have you been using a camera? Uh, I mean professionally like three. Oh shit. He leveled yeah. up quick. Too. Leveled yeah. up quick. Yeah. Just so I just nasty. I just love creative stuff. I've always been like an artist. I've Bro, I had my first poem that I had published in a book, I was in like third grade. Like I've I've always like everything else I'm kinda trash at, but like mm. creative shit has always just been the like that's it makes sense to me. Was it a book or was it like the thing where QFC will put a little <laughs> kid's poem on the side of a, a grocery of a, bag? Of a grocery bag at Christmas time. <laughs> it, it was it was it was a it was a poetry <laughs> book, bro. It was it's a amazing. hard it was a hardcover. Dude, don't you weird. know Sel Silverstein? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say go is this ghostwriter? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of to be fair it was kind of a trash poem i was in third grade but but <laughs> no, like but, no, but i mean but i mean that was, that was really like uh anytime i was able for like writing projects in school i'd always like i'd always write like write some shit instead of doing like a powerpoint i'd always make movies like that was always so it's it's always mm -hmm. just been creative stuff and like i always wanted to be like the lead singer of a rock band like that was actually mm -hmm. the goal was i just wanted to make like rock music uh it's easier to like rap, rapping and shit because you can do it by yourself. Guaranteed, I'm getting back to making rock music again, but like keeping a band together is really hard. So, mm -hmm. and the camera mm -hmm. stuff pays the bills. That's very nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So we got a white rapper, a cameraman, and actually, where are you from again? I don't even know where you're from. Edmonds, same as Sam. Really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? So yeah. describe Edmonds to people who are not from the Seattle <laughs> well, area. Well, okay. So, I I've been there, but I don't really. I bro, well, so I'm not like downtown Edmonds. I'm like right next to Aurora, so okay. it's a little bit, you know. You, think, like you think Edmonds, and you're just like old. Hard, bro. Yeah, I'm fucking hard. That's what it is. <laughs> he's out no, there, bro. No, but it's it's like it's like kind of suburby, but kind of kind of not, because like all the bus lines come right in there to like Aurora Village and stuff. So it just mm -hmm. kind of it's a weird culmination of a lot of stuff. There's like an international district right there on the other side of it. There's like I don't know. It's I I liked where I grew up. Um, it was uh. 
you know, I, I like where I grew up. It's close to the city, but not in the city. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's what it is. It seems yeah. out of the like every everything's out of the way compared to where I live. But like, where do you live? Where, you live out here, yeah. I'm in. I grew up on the east side, but I. I uh-huh. I'm it's in Mercer Sno- Island, right? I'm in. Yeah, yeah. but I'm in Snohomish yeah. now. So. Oh, well, that's oh right. I'm in such a weird area where nothing's close by. Yeah, Snohomish is is that's deep, the deep, deep. deep. Yeah. I'm in yeah. I'm in the woods. I was yeah. a Monroe kid. I, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> high school. Really? Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, let's get into Jordan. So <laughs> I wasn't trying to cut. It I out, uh, I drive. I have to drive through Monroe to get to where I live. Yeah, Highway Two. Yes. Nightmare. And uh, it's much better now, by the way. The, they used to only have one lane. <laughs> the high school that Jordan's talking about. There's a fucking like state penitentiary right next to <laughs> yeah. the high okay, school. Okay, okay. Hold on. You can watch them. <laughs> Safest place to so be. You can watch them. No, it's not. They break out all the time. Yeah, but they don't want to stay there. Okay, you obviously. Run. They oh, want to yeah. learn. They no, want to go to they school. Would take, they would take <laughs> dogs place, in my backyard back in the day. Safest place to live. Right they next took to a your prison. Dogs? They go no, no, away. they would take. Police dogs. So I, oh, I thought you said I, they so, stole your dogs. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a country song. No, no. Jordan's so there's this singer. big field yeah. behind my house. So like in the middle of town, there's the Frylands. That's where I grew up. And they had this big field in the middle of the house. We go back and like paintball and shit. But yeah, uh, you could see uh, them play basketball and shit during the football games. Like you can actually, it, it's close enough to where you can physically see the people just kicking That's where, that's where Debo went, right? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, Depot fr- Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but every now and then somebody would break out, and uh, a lot of them would hide in the field behind my sure. house. So they would take uh, <laughs> like teams back there with like attack dogs and shit, and find and people. And it happened maybe like four or five times while I went to high school. Like breakouts were pretty consistent over there. Like, bro, did you ever get to like chief in your backyard, or was it always just too scary? Like, no, <laughs> like the, no, it was the, fine. Like the SWAT yeah. mic. <laughs> no, so there's actually they would play this big fucking siren and helicopters would cut like you knew when it was happening yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. there'd usually be like a little phone alert or something at the bare minimum but, but are there drills at the high school have to do like if not normal lockdown drills yeah no mm. one's ever so like for them to actually get to the high school it's kind of out of the way unless they go through like this big field with like fucking uh all the towers where they shit. just get sniped yeah there would probably be a death <laughs> sentence for sure i mean uh, it's it's minimum security yeah monroe ain't it monroe is not bad you said i've seen <laughs> i've seen monroe <laughs> i think monroe's gonna build up though honestly so i thought that too um so i moved out of monroe right when i turned 18 came out into seattle so and that's then, been eight years now yeah, eight years. I'm good at math. Yeah, no, it's great. I had to think about that for a second. Weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went back. You know, I go back every now and then to visit, but I never would really go into town. Uh, and I don't think it's gonna pop because since that eight years I left, they've added a Walmart and a Carl's Jr. and that's about it. We could have had a bowling alley or a skate rink or like anything to like make us stand out, but like they're pretty dead set into being just kind of like uh, a highway town. I feel. But I feel that. Um... They are. They're a pa- they're a pass through to get over the from mountains. highway too. Yeah, that's yeah. how you get to the mountains. No, but as these like Amazon jobs and Microsoft jobs start building up more, yeah, I, just, people, I disagree. Pe- people are yeah. people are going to want to urban expansion. You're going to buy up. They're going to buy up the properties. No, no, no. And that's that's absolutely true. For my mom, you, you look at areas hope. kind of surrounding there that are relatively close. You look at like what Woodenville's doing Woodenville, right now and Bothell Creek. and fucking like the they're doing. It's the big expansions and cheap land turning into like these housing developments and suburban areas that have quick access to the freeways to get into the city to get to these tech jobs. Like Monroe's not even trying right now. It, Marysville is going to get a, first. Marysville is going to get a yeah. Six Flags though. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> Wild. They're going to beat out Federal awesome. Way I got, easily. I, I got the city the planner on DM. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got the plug. I got the, the plug. plug. City yeah. planning in Monroe. So, I mean, Marysville. So, yeah. so tell tell us what you do. 
Oh, I, <laughs> I do all sorts of stuff. I do not rap. I'd like to get that out of the picture. I don't uh, anymore. Man. Good. I yeah, sing yeah. now. So yeah, just, I need to, Sam's yeah. music's taking leaps and strides last yeah. year. Um, no, so I uh, I started off doing interviews, kind of like this, not nearly as clean and good on YouTube uh, when I first moved out here because I didn't know anybody. So I was going to concerts all the time. That transitioned into uh, me being a show promoter for like a good five years um, and working with Numos a lot. And then uh, that's when I met Mac, and they were and slightly who's Mac for Macintosh. Uh, so Macintosh is one of my best friends. He's my big brother. One of the yeah. latest artists in the Seattle He's area. To incredible. Get signed. Just signed. Yeah. Um, and he was in this group called Slightly Flagrant with Tane Jr. So good. Uh, yeah. Bar so, of soap. Yeah. No, it was incredible. <laughs> uh, so and they had this awesome project, and uh, I ended up managing them for about a year or two um, until Macintosh went solo. And then uh, up until maybe uh, about a year ago, I did music management, uh, and then I decided to walk away from that and um, get more into fashion and uh, lifestyle event planning and stuff. Uh, but I'm just kind of the connector is kind of where my headspace is at with roles. Uh, mm. I just love being around people and love seeing people succeed. So how'd you get into fashion then? Uh, so I'm just a big uh, nerd. Put the mic a little closer, my guy. Yeah, is it right here? Right here. There yeah. You go. There you go. Really? And then turn yeah. it towards you a little bit. There okay. we go. Great. I'm not gonna touch it. You're an inspiration. Yeah, it's just so close. Um, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so being like, <laughs> not being an artist, uh, but consistently being exposed uh, and being aware of new trends in the community. I I've always like most of the hip hop I listen to is usually from fashion-based rappers. I, Young Thug's my favorite rapper <clears throat> of all time. Uh, I love everything ASAP does. I love. Uh, I just love when people are pushing looks to a new like genre and area, you know, and um, it's not doing music management. It just kind of made the next sense of how to still be involved in the community and still help out and be involved in events without it uh, necessarily being I want to make music or I want to manage somebody and be involved. So you're more into like the young thud, like how do I explain this? New like wave. Like a Pharrell has like a BBC, you know. Yeah. Not a big like the actual brand. Yeah, I know. Which <laughs> is ice cream. Oh, clarify. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you into like rap brands or the fact there's like rappers like an ASAP Rocky who goes on like fashion runway walks? Uh, so yeah, so more of like a rapper like ASAP Rocky. And uh, so, for example, when uh, Young Thug was dropping Jeffrey and he wore the dress, everyone was like, "Oh!" And I was like, "That is the hardest thing I've ever seen." You know, it's just like. Uh, it gets people to react. And I guess that's where my headspace is at is uh, be it with this or kind of events or anything we do. I just want whatever I'm involved in to elicit discussion. Uh, that's why we include ski masks with our kids. You know, it's with our kids. Yeah. With our kids, oh, our kid. kids, not, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's our unemployed <laughs> you, kids. You, you need a kid. No, no, not with our kids. <laughs> Definitely not. But we'll talk afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it, anything that kind of elicits a response. Normally, uh, I paint my nails, uh, stuff like that. You know, um, I just feel really at home in like the creative headspace of like waking up and deciding, you know, what's the fit today? I love talking fashion with my friends. I love seeing what, you know, um, in the new music videos, what is everyone wearing? Right. Uh, wh what is what are people wearing when they perform? I think it's such a staple that's attached to the music industry. Fashion and I feel like music go hand in hand. One hundred percent. I uh, I did a I have a 
Speaking of BBC again, I have a BBC, I have a BBC, BBC podcast. Yeah. So it's called Blake Burton and Brian Barnett Conspiracies. That's a Ooh. mouthful. <laughs> yes. That's why everything I do is an acronym. Yeah. Okay? So yesterday we were talking about pop punk. I don't know if you guys have been following Love pop, pop punk. punk. Yeah. So Avril. We were talking about how yesterday in the early 2000s, that was like the highlight of pop punk. And yeah. then as sure. hip hop became more mainstream with like a 50 cent. Yeah. It started, started to die down and people started following like the hip hop trends. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing like a reemergence of pop punk, like even from like an MGK making rock music. Mm -hmm. I feel like- uh, even... MGK makes pop punk. Yeah. It's directly, Correct. it is just Blink-182. And we're going to start see, we're gonna start seeing this more transitioned because hip, mm -hmm. um, what me and Brian were talking about is how pop punk's more of like a rebellious sound. And with hip hop in the past few years- it's become more of a trendy thing, and you want to follow the trends versus. I see. I kind of see where you're going with this. And with like COVID and everyone being upset with the pandemic and politics and all that, we're reaching a stage where people kind of want to be rebellious again. Mm -hmm. So, have you noticed that with like the nail polish? And have you, like, I'm I'm seeing like the nail polish thing be kind of like a pop punk trend. So I think what really started that is um, obviously ASAP and uh, Thugger were um, kind of pushing fashion in a certain direction. Uh, I think the black nail polish and nail polish coming back in is very uh, punk based. But for me, it was with X. I think uh, X really started bringing a lot of these things into the forefront. And I think the uh, I, I would base him more in punk, but he was obviously doing everything. I'm a massive the X goat. fan. Yeah, he's my favorite. And he had he had songs um, with like that featured Blink one eighty two. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was I mean it was one hundred percent. I everything. think he started the major wave towards that sound, and I think uh, Juice World really picked up the ball and ran with it. Yeah. I think uh, all of Juice World's hits are just so centered in uh, that pop punk, uh, early two thousands, late nineties like era, um, and I think that's what a lot of artists are. I think we could attribute that to you know Trippy and uh, a lot of these cats. So Sam, how do you feel about you being in your thirties? How do you feel about people wearing um, nail polish and oh man, dresses? People, people do whatever they want. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's cool. Yeah, that stuff has never registered with me. Uh, uh, honestly, like things like fashion or trends or what people decide to wear uh, is never the thing that ultimately, uh, you know, it's it's not what I notice first. I mean, Unemployed was literally started because I called Jordan and I was like, bro, I, I need like some clothes for some new music videos. Hmm. And we like thought that all the clothes that we were looking at were shit. So we just kind of started our own thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't care. People people should do whatever they want. Um, people can wear whatever they want. Doesn't bother me. Um, so have you it's not really something I have an opinion on. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Have you been a music guy though? Like being starting in 2015, were you sure. into like these different trends of like pop punk or hip hop or like what were you listening to? Were you following the pop culture? <laughs> no. So, Atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say yeah. No. My my taste has really 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 developed over the years. Mm. Um. Um. And and you know I would say in 2015 when when I started making music, you know my my big influences were kind of the typical you know, I, I guess angsty white guy shit, uh, you know, <laughs> Eminem, um, and, uh, and, and yeah, atmosphere, Techno. uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the funny thing was is, and so that's kind of the music I started making and replicating, but the funny thing was, is like, I never really actually like 
loved the sound that I made with that. So that started all these transitions into other things. Jordan was a big part of me, like a big part of pushing me into uh, into kind of new spaces in my my listening habits. Um, and uh, and so like now I just now I if it doesn't if it doesn't have like a melody like I just don't really care about it. Right. Uh, and and so now anybody that's executing melodic kind of this this fusion right this this synthesis of 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 everything that that hip hop provided which was like it leveled up the actual writing um uh that that songs ultimately had to have to be interesting in my opinion um but then like you had this new era of artists like start to just be melodic with it and and so that that kind of fused pop and hip hop together in a way that I think has really actually been the engine of all these now new sub sub genres that come out like pop punk and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the original question was, but that's just, <laughs> no that's worries. my brain vomit for now. So. Wait, so what would your outlet have been if you had became sober like in the nineties and you were still like your same age, like would it have still been music? Cause back then it was kind of harder to make oh, music on your own unless yeah. you were a band or something. Yeah. I don't know. I can't answer that. Because I'm the sum total of my experiences, so I di- I didn't get sober in the '90s. <laughs> um, I have, I have no idea. Yeah, I I, I really can't answer that. Um, uh, intellectual pursuits have always been like my my wheelhouse. That's where I'm most comfortable. Uh, uh, I have a you know personal library that goes at, grows every week. Um, extremely extremely into history, politics, economics, uh, uh, all that stuff. Um, so I, I probably would have just dipped right back into that. You know, and who knows? Maybe one day that's that is, that is where I'll end up. Um, but I really like the music that I'm making right now, and I really believe in it. And for the first time, just like the people around me are so incredible. Um, so it's just like, yeah, there's another few years of Hell swinging yeah. it. So then, who started the unemployment exactly? Was it? Uh, it was Sam. Yeah, me and Sam were the first two. Okay. Uh, so I would take Sam shopping every now and then. We still do. Uh, but uh, like thrift shopping or what? Yeah, shopping. we'd yeah, hit yeah. thrift stores, and then we we I've were, got some great coats now. Yeah, Ooh. we needed some shirts, so we're yeah. down at the mall, and uh, we we're like, cause he we usually do uh the shopping right before he has a music video coming up, so we want to mm. get him laced up with a few fits. Um, and it started with uh we wanted something self depreciating on it. We thought shirts with self depreciating phrases would be hard. And then we realized that uh as we're going through lists, we're like, dude, we're we're both unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, that's hard, you know? Um I I will take full credit for the Burgundy and off white. We were oh, no, we, no, no, we did no, a test so run yeah. with uh just the black and white lettering, but it looked like a uh security shirt. I still have it. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the that's the first one. It's the OG. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. sign it on one day, so one hundred percent. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, so um, that's just kind of how we started. But we actually handled all our business immediately. Yeah, uh, we went yeah. home and got it licensed out and uh, got the business through, got handled all the back end that night because uh, we were so excited about it. And then uh, what's it been like six months now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. about six months. Uh, and then um, different layers of the team started getting added when we were like, we decided like what the vision was for it. Uh, and that's uh, working that's with Gertie has been yeah. incredible. They yeah. called me ten minutes after they figured this out. <laughs> and we're like, we the, need a logo. They and said this we is need what a logo, and like. then we're sitting there going over it, and we're like yeah. working on it. And they're like, do you just want to like own part of it with us? Mm, yeah, yeah. go yeah. with us. Yeah. Yeah. Said, after, yeah, after like a week of the work he was doing, it was like so, yeah. it made sense. It was a wrap. James has a gift 
uh, that I don't have with anybody else, and it's strictly a me and him relationship. He probably has this with other people, but it's, <laughs> it's special for me to where I can give him a vague description of what I want, and it just clicks, and he knows what I'm talking about, yeah. and it's just so I, yeah, it's I just, awesome. I just like I just like to make things, and I don't I don't say no when so when people ask for stuff. I just. I'm like, you know, like it. UK, I want the filter to like, look, UK grime mixed oh, with early yeah. 2000s MTV with a splatter that, and he's that, like, that like one, this. And I was like, yeah, perfect. That one took a second and I was like, oh, you mean like that one ASAP Rocky video? I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, that one. Like that one ASAP saw... Rocky video. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the <laughs> Lord. Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. No. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So, Gertie, how do you go about making a, a logo? Um. Well, um. You, so, so, I mean, you open Photoshop. Okay. Well, you you download Photoshop. That's the first thing. It's very literal. Open Photoshop. We can get you a pamphlet. <laughs> yes, no. Um, one zero. So so again, my whole thing's like like creative stuff, and when it comes to like uh, when I start playing around and thinking about stuff, it's just it's what comes into my head. And actually, so the the first logo that I came up with was I wanted to incorporate the like. Uh, the 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 guy from like the bathroom signs but they said it was mm. too skateboardy it actually, and i was like yeah, yeah you're right you're not wrong but i thought it was cool but no so i we went through i just started i just started grinding out on multiple designs and i just sat there and i like in jordan's place and i just made a bunch of things and then we narrowed it down and we were like this one's cool we haven't used it for anything but we do have a yeah, logo yeah we, we, ha we have a few logos in the chamber yeah. but we, we kind of decided just uh unemployed and simple just, font was just it looks hard great. yeah, yeah it it's great. simple we yeah. kept it like um uh, wait so what's the what font is this simple it's called simple font. it's actually called it's just called yeah. simple font, oh. font. <laughs> yeah and we thought it was funny that it was called simple font so because basic. it was just kind of a like yeah yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. No, we we we'll, we'll shoot over the unemployed logo. We yeah, we'll use it for something we'll eventually. Something. Yeah. 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 His original really design cool. was actually above and beyond anything that we needed. We actually toned him down. I yeah. I, I just bad. I just I just like having like it's something I have a lot of fun. I do a lot of album covers and stuff too. Um, like graphic stuff. Most people don't realize that I do as much graphics work as I do, but I just I'm really proficient in Photoshop. Like I really really like sitting in there. So, yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you weren't unemployed. Were you unemployed during the? Bro, I haven't had a real job in a five, four and a half, five years. I mean, I was doing like, I mean, just just little hustly things, working for this little radio station for a long time. That wasn't a real job. I would get paid out through certain things, but it wasn't like. But I've been full time with the camera stuff for like a couple of years now. It's only really started making sense in the last like since like January when I was like, mm -hmm. okay. I'm gonna make more money than I've ever made before, and then I manifested that shit. But uh, but no, I've been struggling without a job for a long time, so it's <laughs> great. So how did you manage like the photo rollout? Like you had it like there's like a so, white background with a maroon border, and then um, inside that, that's where the your clients um, or whoever. I spent it. a very long amount of time in Photoshop. We also spent months on end going around. Jordan so can, a, Jordan can out, attest yeah. to me being in the ski mask in Spokane in 100 degree weather complaining <laughs> a lot while we took pictures. No, it was like the funnest shit of all time though. But but like it, uh, we, we worked our asses off for months on end getting that done. And, uh, and then, I mean, just go like I had to edit all the Lightroom edits were easy, right? It's copy and paste to the settings, a little adjustment if the exposure is different, but like that's pretty copy and paste. Export the entire pack and drop that entire pack of what was it, 170? Uh, so 64 artists, three photos per artist. Yeah. Math man. It's 180. 192. 192. 
Um, uh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. I think that's correct. If it my is. calculations Damn, are that's good. So, 100, 190. <laughs> that right out of my ass. <laughs> so, dropping 190. So, I have 64 gigs of RAM on my computer. Photoshop was still pretty mad at me when I dropped 192 layers into it. Right? <laughs> and I, on the background, and what, what I did was none of them were like, they were all the same aspect ratio. So, the one at the very bottom, I did a, a little, I did a little border on, and then I just started at the top export it to png name it export and i just went one at a time at like uh turning off the visibility for the top layer and i did that 192 times Wait, and what? uh that's Jeez. like like I, it was all ma it was all manually done there's no way there's no workaround for that i just had to had to do it and at the end of it i was like why didn't you just do it individually i guess that no I, I mean i did i he had to. it <laughs> was that was the most organized way because Got if they're it. all stacked i can just export and then just close one of them mm -hmm. export close and like just go all the way down until i hit the bottom and then i know that they're all done and i didn't miss anything and the pictures we're talking about are on the unemployment Instagram. You guys, yeah. do you guys have a website uh, yet? Yeah, stillunemployed.com. Stillunemployed.com. And I'm still unemployed is our handle. So it's yeah. at I'm still unemployed. And they unemployed. are all on there. Yeah. Every on single it, one of them. At unemployed is taken by somebody who just has zero posts and zero followers. Oh, and God. I'm bummed I can't contact them. But, yeah. yeah. So go Would've report them for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys do when you guys have an actual job? Like what happens if you get like a nine to five job that somehow pays well? Is unemployed now kind of more uh, of like a mindset or no no so unemployed's always been uh more of a stand-in for self-employed uh i haven't had a job job in a grip either um we all kind of work in our own self-employed space pockets um between uh all of us you know mac is out doing music i usually do uh back-end artist management i flip furniture a lot oh uh, shit i got yeah where is it there's a yeah, it's an awesome chair. Yeah, I found I, a chair for free outside. I, I scope it all. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it all comes like from a really base hatred of just really hating your nine to five. Um, so before this, I actually ran my own delivery company, uh, pre-COVID. Okay. Uh, for corporate and residential, and um, so I I don't think I've worked a normal job probably in like six or seven years. What was your yeah. normal job? Uh, I worked at a furniture store down at a Ballard Consignment. Okay. Yeah. So you have a love for furniture. No, I just have a history. It's just in the family. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of it. It's not that I love it. We I work just, with their hands. Yeah, well, I, I can look at any piece of furniture and give you a rough what you could flip it for. Uh, <laughs> and then if you give me name brands, I'm like, oh, yeah, no. It's uh, next to music. I know an absurd amount of furniture. How do you feel about, like, off-white making carpets? They're, like, thousands of dollars just because they say off-white on them. It's awesome. That's actually, I love when companies do that. I think it's great. Really? Yeah, I mean, well, because it's the brand. Like, you're like, well, why are they doing that? And then you literally go. Because they can. Because it's <laughs> off-white, yeah, you know? Because, because it's supreme. Um, in reality, all of these things, like, is it really worth that more because it's off-white? And no, but it is because they say it is, and enough people in the world will buy into it, and that's okay. You don't have to buy it, <laughs> you know? So how did you get into the music scene if you're from Monroe? Uh, so uh, my options were I stay in Monroe, and work at Big Five or Fred Myers or something and go to school maybe, or uh, I move out to Seattle. Uh, I moved in with my dad when I turned 18. Uh, so my, my parents had me when I, uh, they were 15. Uh, I was a weekend kid out in Ballard uh, when I wasn't out in Monroe. Um, so I moved out here and I started going to concerts all the time because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends out here. 
Um, but I realized that if you're going to all these shows. Wait, local concerts or like touring artist uh, concerts? Both. Okay. Um, but I noticed a lot of the same people at all these shows. Uh, Seattle has a really tight-knit music community. And if you're into hip-hop, you know, if Red Man comes to town, a lot of the same people are going to be uh, at a normal Barboza show. You know what I mean? Uh, we We love our music. Um, so after a while, I just kind of knew everybody um, from going out to these shows all the time. And I transitioned that into, uh, well, I'm going to these shows all the time. I want to throw my own. Um, and so my first show was at Vera Project uh, with Slightly Flagrant as the headliner. Um, and we knocked it out the park. We sold it out early. I love Vera. By yeah, the way. it was it was That's awesome. That's my new studio, by the way. I love Vera. Yeah. Really. And then my second there. show, uh, I completely flopped. Also at Vera Project, uh, I think there was maybe like thirty people there, um, but but somehow by the grace of break down what the Vera Project is for people because I oh, feel okay. like yeah, if yeah, you're no, no out of town coming to tour definitely you probably know of like a Numos or a Crocodile yeah but like so uh, Vera Project is a uh, community run inclusive venue space up at uh, Seattle Center. Um, it fits 350 people Something roughly like that, yeah, yeah 350 yeah, people yeah. pretty low cost. Um, there's no bar. Which is, uh, you know, I was coming out at 18, so yeah, it was the only venue I could really throw shows at. I mean, past a certain point, uh, I was just like, fuck it, I'll throw bar shows. Uh, but I couldn't go to any of them. I had to just sit outside and collect my money and make sure I had a stage manager <laughs> inside. It was hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> so it, was, it was dope. Um, but yeah, no, Vera Project's awesome. Love those guys. Uh, always easy and great to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, the sound's actually not bad there compared to some other spots which I, I won't I, name. I had, I had, at least at least the engineer I had was great. But yeah, yeah I've, no, I've it's had usually a positive experience. Yeah. Yeah. Shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, so I threw those two shows. So I got one where it was awesome on my first run. So that was confidence enough to try again. I flopped my second, which was good enough to learn the lesson of how to change things. And then somehow I fell into, uh, I paid Ryan Carveo to headline at Numo's. And Big show. Yeah, it was yeah. Ryan Carveo, slightly flagrant. Shelton. Shelton Harris yeah. and Dante Peace. I have a question. Sheesh. Yeah. For the who how do I phrase this? There's like artists in Seattle that are big in Seattle. Yeah. But like they're not like huge outside of Seattle. Sure. So yeah. Sure. How how much do you have to pay someone that's huge in Seattle to like headline a show? Um it, it's really subjective. Uh I don't want to necessarily be like, this is what I paid Ryan to do that <laughs> all those years ago because he's the homie. Yeah. Um, it's three and a half jars of pickles. So, well, how about this? <laughs> if someone wants to throw their own show, yeah. how well, much money do they have to set aside? So, this is how I structured it. So, I always firmly believed uh, in order to be a good promoter, you had to have all of your outgoing expenses set aside before a show. Sure. Um, I would pay openers, uh, 200 I usually would pay my main support five and then I would usually sit between one and two thousand for my headliner um, But I would always book a headliner that I knew that would break me even regardless. So um, Usually with my openers, I would bring somebody in new that had something to prove so uh, You know if they really killed their performance and sold their tickets at the time uh, I would just put them on a list of people that I would bump up to the main support roles and stuff like that because I knew they were reliable um, but uh, each show expense, I would always put around like three to four thousand dollars aside. Um, then how do you make that money to even throw? So this is the thing: is a lot of luck. Uh, usually, 
I would make it back in pre-sales before, uh, even after venue splits and stuff like that. I never really had to dip in to uh, any back money. Uh, and that's a lesson I learned over time was I, I never, I've never not had the money, but I've just had a really good show run to yeah. where I've never really lost money on a show. Yeah. I think I lost like $100 on like Palmer Squares at Central Saloon one time, but that's just because uh, we didn't get tickets to a week before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've usually walked out with a, a, a pretty penny and make sure everyone got paid on most of my shows. I think out of like the 15 shows I've thrown, um, 11 of them have sold out and hit capacity. There we go. Yeah. So how many shows have you done, Sam? Sam's a monster with ticket pushing. Um, he was a secret weapon back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so local shows, probably, probably like 15. Uh, I did do a tour. I did a couple of tour runs. Uh, As three, a rapper, three years ago, yeah. I feel like a lot of rappers in Seattle don't know how to do a tour. So how do yeah. you, how did you do a tour as a rapper in <laughs> Seattle? So so I got linked up with some people that had some stuff popping, like kind of like Eastern Washington, Montana, Idaho, and uh, people thought it would be a good fit because uh, yeah, I'm a white rapper and they were white rappers and shit like that. So, Montana run, uh, yeah. Uh, so I did like a seven stop and it was weird. It was just kind of bubbling at the time. I mean, really, I, I kind of made these connections through Jordan and, and the other Jordan and, and just they had some artists out there that were like popping and like there are these, you know, towns in Montana across this giant ass state that actually have populations that will like, you know, two or three hundred people will come out to a show, you know, and they just kind of love it because you're coming through. And and uh, and so I did like a, a, a brief run, like a, a seven stop there. And then ended up meeting a guy who was headlining like a forty-five stop, huh, and uh, and across the entire country. Tech Nine? Uh, no, it wasn't <laughs> Tech Nine. Um, I I really don't even want to say dude's name. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I ended up uh, I ended up doing a tour uh, uh, on his bill as support from like we went from like Seattle to Maine and back oh, through wow. the South. And I was on that of the 45 shows I stayed for like 32 of them. And then I was like, there was I hate a, this. there was a, co- there was a cost benefit analysis. It served its purpose. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just bow out of anything because like it was hard or, or not even because like it, you know, certain like, it, you know, shows, some of the shows would really pop off. Some of them would be like, man, okay. Uh, it wasn't even that thing, man. It just, it, it got to the point where the cost benefit was like, this has served its purpose and I can kind of peacefully walk away from this having learned a lot, uh, having made a lot of fans and uh, some good connections. And, and yeah, I mean, really that was what kind of beat the, it beat the fear of live performing out of me because it had to. And that was mm-hmm. actually the main reason. So I don't, I don't want to sound like tropey or anything like that, but like the reason I started doing music when I got sober was because it was going to be a challenge and because it was going to be like a total dream thing. You know what I mean? Like the reason, the main reason I went on this tour was yes, to make fans, but I wanted to get over, I've always been a very strong performer, but it gave me so much anxiety and so much terror. And like, I just never really got in a rhythm with it because it would be infrequent. And so I went on this tour to be like, what is it like to do five shows and five nights? You know, and uh, and then I came back and I did a headline at Columbia City like a few months after I got back, and uh, and frankly, it was the best show I've ever done, and and it was really good, and there was it was joy, it was just pure joy. There was no anxiety, there was no nervousness about it. 
I had a blast. It rocked, and uh, and that was the last time I performed. Um, and when and that was, was that? Two years ago. Because it was because um, of COVID, though. Yeah, I would I would have ended up doing some stuff last year because of COVID, uh, and then this last I'd say this last year almost exactly. I've been so redefining the sound. Um, I've been offered some bills and I've turned them down because the records are in various stages of you know production and and everything else. But the, the sound is now so different. It's so much more complete, and it's something that I could run with for the rest of my life. That it's just like I don't want to I don't want to put a live show on deck until all of that is firmly developed makes sense um and and ready to push and push hard yeah so gertie what's the importance of seattle artists connecting with eastern washington oh i mean this is an interesting one for me because my favorite rapper is nobi and and who is from tri-cities tri-cities um and i've i've been a fan of i've been a fan of what they've been doing out there for a long time like i first got put onto his music seven years ago caught him in a basement in u district uh basement show with the sultans and uh who cool. if you're not familiar with shehan and the and the sultans uh, really good they were kind of the bridge originally from eastern washington to like to the west side um mm. for like hip-hop artists kind of like they kind of they kind of bridged that gap and brought a lot of people over uh mr dc uh, dave Chenet, formerly now um and uh, and karma and uh, and uh, and a lot of a lot of folks from from out there, um, and and I think it's I think it's it's vital to connect because there's there's good artistry everywhere in every pocket. I mean, the best musician in the world nobody's ever heard of before. You know, it's like uh, you you kind of got to go out and find it. We get so locked up in our in our scene out here. Like it's it's funny. I actually until we started going out and doing the unemployed stuff. I had never hung out in Spokane before. Like I, I had never been there. I had yeah. driven through it three or four times. I had sure. never been to Spokane before. And we go over there, and it's just like they got some venues. They got art that Spokane's kind of Spokane's kind of litty. It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> like and uh, and so like so like that type of thing of like because we live in a we live in an art like sanctuary with like seattle is like a music town you know quincy jones jimi hendrix nirvana whatever you want to come in with all of this stuff for there's so much history here with music and it's just like an ingrained thing that like a lot of times we don't get outside of it to go look at it and it's far to go to la it's fuck it's far to go to portland Hmm. but like but like we have a lot of stuff right in our backyard too um, that like uh, we don't tap in with that much, and so it's it's been cooler with that. So like Django's a good friend, and you, know, you got Django coming in 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 a little bit, and uh, like that's a that is a good friend of ours. That's always who we go out there to see and stuff, and uh, you know, the whole upper left, as as Django would say, <laughs> is is kind of uh, coming together a lot more. And I think I think that shit's important. It's cool. Why is it important though? Why that that was the whole question is why is it important? Um, because the more you network with good artists, the more good art gets made. Do you think other <laughs> cities connect with other cities? Like, do there's like New York? Well, right actually, now. New York's actually a good example though, because New York, like, I just had someone from Buffalo, the borough, and Buffalo is like five hours from New York mm-hmm. City, so they connect. Do you think a lot of other cities do that, or do you think? Um, I've always kind of, from an outside perspective, seen that in a lot of these, a lot of these other big cities that have music scenes that are really, really like pushing right now, that there is a lot of connect, like interconnectedness. And that's, that's kind of why they go like that and why they, why they pop off a little bit more. I'm uh, Jordan sitting here tweaking out, wanting to talk. What do you, what do you, what do you have, bro? No, he asked you the question. I love you. <laughs> Take us to church. Spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's necessary yeah. then like to build like a solid music scene. 
it's probably necessary to because there's I guess there's no like when I went to LA well no well, artists actually lived in LA like they were all like an hour out of LA yes so but but also valley. but also is it necessary because we're all connected like it's so easy to make music nowadays it's so easy to put music out there like theoretically you don't even have to be in the scene at all I mean we, we look at somebody like I mean, I mean, and well, he is, it's in some degree kind of a bad example, but we look at it, Stephen Trevo, we look at Alter. Right. He's never performed. Right. L- like, right. but, but his mute, like, because he's just, you can do that where you can, you can do it all with streams and promoting yourself properly and doing it where like, you don't have to go out and perform around the city and, and do the runs like you used to have to do it. It's, it's a different thing. There's many different pathways. That's right. You know, yeah. the internet. The internet changed the game. Is what were you gonna say? It I, got, it? I got, I got, a thought about it. But I want to hear what you were gonna say. Oh, mine's gonna be a rant. So oh. if you want to hop into what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, th- I just think piggybacking off of what James was saying, I, I think that the importance of it, you know, because I, I think you said why is it important, and the why is very simply, it's community, it's it's building community. That's what the connection does. Um, whether or not that can, you know, facilitate actually enabling like somebody to have a music career is dependent on a lot of external factors that are not just based on having a good community. And so I think that the reason to connect with other artists is simply to connect with other artists and and to build solidarity in that sense. So do you think we've ever actually had an actual music scene then? Have we ever had yeah, we, oh, like we, a genuine we like, a scene? We don't have an industry. Yeah, we don't have you know, an industry. That's yeah, the, 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 we that's have the, the external scenes, factor. The scenes pop it. But like a, the, 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 the scene as a whole, like the whole Washington's never had a full... Oh. Scene. So you guys, like, we, you guys and other know. artists are like, it's still like a newer thing for Seattle artists to go to. Spokane I mean, well, there's, there's and, always, sure, but sure. but there's always, and which is is growing and stuff, and and doing big part to to some of the artists that are doing really well over there that come out all the time, um, over here network and bring people back, and it goes back and forth, um, but there's always going to be pockets regardless, you know, not not everybody's always going to get along all the time, like like there's going to be pockets of like people making different types of music, people being into different types of things. So as much as, you know, I think it's a, a fantastical dream to bring everybody together and we're all this one big culmination, like, it's the same as different genre. I mean, there's different genres in hip-hop now. Mm-hmm. Like, every everybody kind of clicks up a little bit. And that's okay, just, like, respecting community building and going out to support, but, like... Um, but I I don't think it's ever I don't think even even in these cities where like the industry is really big like that um, I I don't even I don't even think it's it's like that like that you know everybody for the most part people kind of do their own things and and create so it's not who who makes the scene then is it the industries or is it like the artists because like if you're an artist spending all your day trying to bridge that gap how do you have time to perfect your music then if you're worried about the community I. Uh, Great question. That is that is a great question. It. Um, if you well, I I don't know, man. I think it's the other people in it because as an artist, I never worry about trying to like build community anymore. Like at, like for for myself as an artist, like I connect with people because I think they're cool. Like it's it's kind of outside of that. Mm. I my days of going up to people and being like, hey, man, I'm a I'm a rapper. I make rap music too. Remember how I just saw you on stage? Yeah, we should make music together. Like my days of that are let's build eight years. Let's, <laughs> let's build, build. Let's work together. Yeah, are sure. like are like long long over. But like um, I I go out to stuff because I want to. I go out to stuff because I I shoot a lot and so shows and things. But anyway, you just 
you just talk to people because humans are social creatures and connections happen. It just kind of builds organically on its own. I don't think it's I don't think it's a forced thing. And and I think that's why uh, the scene's getting really good right now is everybody's realizing that there's just some cool motherfuckers out here in the scene. I think a major part of that comes into dude. Uh, you you're twenty, yeah. Uh, I remember when Young I was man. a kid in high school and I wanted to learn how to skateboard. And then there's like that group of kids that are like two, three years older than you. And like, they're like, oh, you fucking suck at skateboarding. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, that doesn't really <laughs> yeah. exist yeah, anymore. Yeah. Our new era of uh, no, no. culture and how we all act is actually very supportive. And it I think is. that really stems from uh, the fucking travesty that we just went through for the last two years. I think we are actually in an era of support and positivity. I think the music scene for the most part i mean it's mostly people in a closer age group to us and i I mean if we're talking about seattle in general i could go on all day about like one why community is important but two also how it has to do with the industry and kind of just how we're geographically located uh me and you talked about at that party how um let's say i have a single that is uh seattle big right it's really popping in town and i am at a level to where i could sell out numos out here right but let's say i live in texas now i have fucking six seven cities that i can hit up that are all in relative close proximity sure that are all that same size that i can actually garner a consistent fan base yeah. and bring through um i think our biggest fault out here isn't because uh, I, uh, I love Spokane. I think it's really important. I Riker's one of my best friends. Uh, that's Django's manager for you at home, uh, and I love the bridge being uh, made right there. I think our biggest fault is not building a larger bridge and gap of community with Tacoma. I think that it's starting to happen, but if you were to be like, what's your favorite Tacoma venue? I couldn't tell you. I'd sure. be like, everyone says jazz bones, I guess, you know, or sure. whatever. Um, and I think that if anyone were going to put in the work and do that bridge mm. gapping, that would probably be our best bet. But I mean, like he was saying, we have we have Bellingham, we have Spokane, and we have Tacoma, and then if we want to drive a bit farther, we have Portland, uh, which I have a lot of homies down there, uh, but that's kind of the gap you can hit. We don't really have anything popping as far as Idaho, Montana, everything to the right of us. Uh, that's dumb. <laughs> to the east of us, immediately. To the right. Well, yeah, I was we, thinking of it in like well, a map. Wait, but if like, you're like, facing south yeah, and looking no, up at the sky, it's definitely, to the left. That so was dumb. A- <laughs> um, but everything to the east of us is immediately... Uh, considerably barren of sure. having a hip-hop music scene. Montana's trying to build what it can right now. Sure. Uh, shout out to Connor. Um, but, I mean, what do we really have besides going further south? We have the coast, but the coast is a drive, and you have to have finances available, and uh, we kind of are landlocked and stuck in this area unless you're doing uh, larger social media presence things and kind of sticking in your own lane. So then what are your goals with unemployment? Is it to connect people or is it just to be like a new brand that can compete with other? No, it's definitely not that. So how I always looked at it, and we all have a different answer to this, so feel free to go around the room with it. Uh, For me, it's a way to connect without there being a, so I'm not a, I'm not an artist. I'm not a rapper. You know what I mean? But it allows me to sponsor shows now. It allows me to be part of uh, different events. What does it mean to sponsor a show? I hear people saying that, but I feel like. 
You can be a sponsor uh, and not have money to sponsor shit. Like, yeah, I'm... it's like promotion. So, well, for example, if um, uh, somebody's coming to town, uh, and I don't necessarily have a need to be like, I want this artist on the bill because I'm not doing music management anymore. I still want to be a part of the show. I still want to support. I still have a pull in tickets. So I'm like, hey, you know, we can have this clothing booth out there. Let me get you these kids. I want to meet this person. Like, it, it's really a vehicle to bring people through. But then I can have, you know, uh my unemployed guys through who are all my close best friends uh if uh you know uh marshall does the fremont fridays we can have a booth down there and support um if anyone has a show we can have a presence there that isn't necessarily a tit for tat invasive like i'm an artist and i'm trying to get something for you it's just kind of a experiment into how we can be in community not just in seattle but everywhere and reinforce the idea that you know we can follow our dreams you know so when a clothing line like you guys go to like a Fremont Fridays you're saying we you... don't actually sell clothes there no. I would like yeah. to establish no no no, no. We, I... we never actually sell no. clothes there. So... I, I set up a VIP booth uh, with like airport shows and stuff and then we invite all our friends to just hang out hang and kick out. it the Wait, point isn't so actually to sell what shirts. does it mean to sponsor I mean, them? so, it's, so are you, you're we, able to bring your fan base to those shows or yeah, like yes. if you sell anything yeah. is that couple, those, couple, okay. of, couple of things on that I mean Jordan, yeah, Jordan's a promoter so mm -hmm. like I'm it's a work trade thing. You don't need money for everything if you have skill sets. Jordan's a promoter. So, okay, so we're sponsoring the event. Jordan's going to get people in the door. Yep. He knows how to promote shows. Okay. Yeah. What else do we have? Brings we get, value. I'm a I'm a media team. Okay? So, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to shoot it. You know, that that brings value to it. So, there's all of these different pockets of value that we can bring just just by being there and being a part of the thing. And so, that's like we we offer an, an interesting package that not a lot of other uh not a lot of other people can can bring to the table for sponsorship and what it's not is yeah i mean it's not just bringing direct large amounts of money yeah, we're not it's, liquor yeah and we're, <laughs> right. we're not a liquor right. company Pop of bueno? yeah. right. no i mean they, love those guys shout out to them but yeah i i don't have liquor wait, money yet wait so yeah. if a venue gives their venue for free to like for artists to perform mm -hmm. they're basically sponsoring the event is that does that kind of sponsor? Uh, normally them? they take. I've never really heard. But if of that's a ever happened, like that. so like if you give someone if, something if they for were free, like, that can be sponsored. Well, if, if they were like, event? "Hey, we want to," so if venue came at me and they were like, "Hey, we want to give you our venue to come in. We just want presence," that would technically be a sponsorship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's they're getting visibility. They are getting an inherent something out of it. Um, our pull is mostly just visibility. We like to show yes. up, support, and uh, pack the room. But we like to pack it with uh, other creatives, and we try and bring out the community as much as possible. But when I say community, I mostly mean like the artist community and influencers in the town and stuff like that. That maybe uh, they wouldn't normally have there. We mm. we also have a penchant for creative absurdity. Yeah, that we all play off each other really well, and and at its base root, I mean like, unemployed is a few different things, but but each each piece of it is meant to enable the other piece to grow. And so on the first level, like going back to kind of the beginning of the conversation or the beginning of the story, um, this was one of the first things, this was probably the first thing that I, I ever like engaged in that like the day we got the first shirt made up, like the guy that printed the shirt was like, this is fucking cool. We sent it to like a hundred people. You know what I mean? Macintosh, a bunch of rappers, a bunch of influencers, da da da, da. And we were like, tell us honestly, like, wh what do you think about this? And they were like, that's hard. Like, I would buy that. 
And so we were like, okay, instantly, like we have something that's like instantly people like like it. And so it's cool. It's got some buzz around it. It's trendy um, too, because like unemployment's huge right now. It's trendy, and <laughs> but it's, it's also and it's, true. And it's also important. And it's also it's it's also like it's absurd. It's absurd, and it's a critique. You know what I mean? Like at, at its base level, it is a critique of like all, all of the things that we were uh, socialized with to to hold as fundamentally important, <laughs> and the things that you're supposed to do, and all this stuff. And so it serves that lane really well. It serves the artists. It serves the skaters. It serves the subversives. It serves all of that really well, but what we also really understood we have because particularly because of James and Jordan and the work that they do in the scene is we also have this ability again if if we're throwing an event people will come out to it um and it's not just we're throwing an event and there's going to be drinks and some music it's we're all fucking weirdos yeah and so we're going to be fucking weird and 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 the thing that is is so like we also so we sell shirts we do events we also have started to create content we have a photo studio and, now and it's like how do we get the kid that's like at the skate park in i don't know like uh some you know outskirts suburb of chicago to like be scrolling on youtube shorts and he sees this, I don't know, this weird thing, and these he sees these people wearing these shirts and, and I don't know, doing some kind of baptism or something so like that. So it is a movement type. Um, yeah, and we're a cult. cult. And yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's where the cult thing comes <laughs> we from. We can dive it's into like, that, I would you, love to. You can't, you cannot What time just, is it again, Oli? Okay. Okay. You, you yeah, we, yeah, we're getting close. You cannot, you cannot anymore, you have to make noise. You cannot just build a standard company anymore. Nothing is about being standard. Nothing is about you, you can't just say, well, like I got I got clothes that people like and so people will buy them. You have to have some way because there is just such a volume of information and stimuli and data coming into everybody's brains constantly all the time. How do we how do you establish this thing that you're doing is different? And like just throwing this word on a shirt was different. Mm -hmm. It was automatically different. And it just happened to be like it happened to be the external manifestation of this thing that we hold internally, which is our weirdness, our absurdity, um, our ability to look at the world uh, uh, slightly different than most people. And we communicate really well in that, even though we all have like kind of a different way of being absurd. They, it, it's completely complementary. I wanted to make old people angry. And it did. I mean, I went, I went out yeah. to I went out to Marysville to this dude's property for a Fourth of July party. You know what I mean? And, and I wore this. <laughs> And it was it was all it was all good old boys, you know what I mean? And, and I just I knew like a guy there who was like, yeah, come out and ride some ATVs. And I was like, all right, fuck it, you know, pro probably not gonna like very nice people, but like not necessarily my crowd, let's say. And I wore this out there, and everybody was like, unemployed? Shouldn't you get a job? <laughs> <laughs> my dad and I, hates and it. And I was like, I, I was like, I have one. I made these shirts. <laughs> you know? And I mean, I do other stuff too. Uh, but regardless, um, um, and but like that instantly, I was like, oh. Um, this works. You know what I mean? And we keep on getting points of validation like that. But but like this is a way that we can all facilitate our our creativity and our visions and bring them together. We make each other better. It's 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 better to be uh like like we cannot do it alone, so we need each other to do it. Uh we all have our individual goals within this, uh, and then we all have our unit goals within this. And unemployed is just a vehicle to make all of that happen simultaneously also since he's not here uh huge shout out to macintosh right now he's out Big shooting time. videos oh, with macintosh. justin frick and uh putting in the work he uh 
he just did a whole shot and the whole fit and it looks so incredible it's one of his weirder videos too it's so fucking clean when he said he wanted to be like not just like wear it but be a part of it and obviously like he's the homie but that was big validation to me like that was a big point of validation i was like this is fucking cool you know what I mean? And and while we're giving shout outs to our other team members, also shout out to Jimmy Baco. Holding it down. Um, holding Jimmy. it down. Holding Uncle it down. Jimmy. We absolutely, uh, we love him. We are grateful that he's on the team. He is enabling so much of what is happening right now. Uh, and he couldn't be here today because you only have three seats. But um, yeah. and, he, and he didn't want to sit on my lap. <laughs> he didn't. Um, but we, I offered it. tried to coax him. I offered it. I did offer it. Um, and so, yeah, while we're on the shout out tip, Jimmy, shout Mac, out Jimmy. we love you guys. Love Jimmy. Thank Next you. time he can sit right Right here. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Jimmy, come take a take a seat. <laughs> yeah. A gander. Yeah. So Gertie, we, we have to hear your response. My response to, to uh, what um, unemployment means to you. Uh, unemployed. Unemployed. Well. Really my quick. Bad. I wasn't gonna do it, but you <laughs> I, just did I, it. I, I had it's to, not my hey, space. Bro, James, hey, James is the rude one of the group. I'd like to establish. He's a cut I thought throat. I was, but yeah. Uh-huh. No, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. Really, yeah. that's, that's what it is. Um, um, no, what it is to me, like, uh, so the what unemployed really means to me is the is the no no real jobs type of mantra like i don't i don't ever want to have a real job i just want to do cool shit with my friends all the time that can pay my bills so that we can do cool shit forever and uh my my fucking best friends invited me to be a part of this thing and just like we get to go do cool weird shit all the time i get to make art and have it pay my bills and like i live a block from jordan now we just we kick it and play video games and have business meetings at the same time like i've been hearing about everyone playing video games and i've never been invited (laughs) once yet like everyone plays video games what are you doing later yeah come play shiv yeah i got ps5 (laughs) i got the full hookup there we go sorry for cutting you off no no, bro you're good but 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 like we just live the coolest fucking life right now and every day is the best day ever and I get to hang out with my best friends and do my favorite thing in the world every fucking day. Like, yo, I don't, eh, dog, I hated working regular jobs. It's what made me start drinking and doing, just hating myself. Like, I get to walk around every day with my camera and just hang out with my best friends. And that's like, I just want to do that every day for the rest of my life. So like, this shit is the caveat for that. Like this is this is the thing. This is the catalyst. This is what lets me go out and do that. And we just it's awesome. <laughs> it's just the best. We love you, Gertie. So Jordan, how do you guys make sure this isn't just something that's here today, gone tomorrow? Uh, consistency. We meet up once a week and we all actually kind of hit it hard in uh all of our own unique ways. Um I, God, dude, I can't talk about it yet. It's also planning. I was gonna say, yeah, we, we, we just okay, we have stuff just, like just, it definitely won't be gone tomorrow. Let's just say that I, I like, can't, there's, there's I can't say it, but we kind of have some ridiculous, awesome shit lined up that yeah. we just aren't allowed to talk about until like a week or two. Um, but yeah, it's it's just deep planning and the fact that um, one thing that really works because my biggest fear is uh, with starting a company or work with anybody is the long-term longevity of the relationship. Uh, And I think we kind of hit this serendipitous sweet spot to where we all have our roles and it's all something that we love to do. And so it's a consistently working machine. Um, And like there's not one person who's a part of our team that's redundant and doesn't have an amazing position to uh, Mm. help all of us all out in a unique way. It's pretty special. Yeah, like it's, it, I've it, never it been really, part of something it, it like really it. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's not just it's not just blowing hot air. Like yeah. we we are all. This is the first time 
the only time I've ever been a part of anything where like 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 everyone is so effective in their space, not just willing, so. not just willing and eager, but it's like we're we're all kind of heavy hitters in what we do, you know, and and we can do it. Uh, so so for for example, uh, Sam is our back end guy. He handles all the website stuff, and he is just really dialed in in um, handling advertisements and uh, some shit that I would never want to sit down and learn all day. I know how to push the buttons. Yeah, he's really <laughs> really well. Like he knows why I should push the buttons. Yes, and exactly. That's, and that's what works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, like, and then uh, I'm a hammer. Gertie Gertie brings the vision alive. The vision. Um, yeah. Max Hard ideas sense. are just incredible. Uh, Jimmy's ability to source and just handle things is so untouched. fucking resourceful. And yeah. I, 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 I gotta say, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but without my team, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, which is networking and pushing it. Which I, every time James edits a photo, I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just really is this uh, perfect running uh, car. You know, it's I'm blessed. I wouldn't trade out my team for anything out here. And that's a big thing to say, considering I've seen a lot of teams over my years. You yep. know, I feel yep. that. Well, last question before we wrap it up. Why? Why are you calling it a cult? Oh, um, so this kind of wraps back into the uh, community question. Um, it's something we want everyone to be a part of. Uh, I know that I've <laughs> said a lot that uh uh, for me, it's actually not about selling the shirts. Selling the, sh the the shirt is the album that we released, but everything else is kind of building. Good uh, way to put it. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Donda release party. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. Everything else is Donda release party for sure. The template, yeah. Um, but it's more of a reason to have it and less of the uh, base means of why we're around. But wrapping it back into the cult question, um, we are really wanting and have kind of found a uh, community through doing this and through our rollouts. And everyone has been so supportive and everyone has been in such a pocket that um, we just needed a cooler name for it, <laughs> in my opinion. Everyone kind of has like uh, the reason why it's a cult, but um, it really is about just building this artist and uh, creative community and being able to support and be around it. And uh, we just want everyone to be part of our cult. But we're not gonna like wake up one day. I have a shirt on now too, so I don't want to just wake up. No, one whatever day you're about like... to say, probably. Yeah, you don't oh, even yeah. have no, to finish it. No, absolutely. no, no. We we do some crazy weirdo so, shit. So, uh, we ha we haven't even really. I mean, I mean, every everybody's everybody's so you know uh, responsible in a certain kind of way that like we haven't really executed on our actual ideas for events and content yet because we've made sure that the foundation is actually built. If the machine is built, then when you start doing this other stuff, then it can really move. Um, um, but like, we're gonna get fucking weird. Like the cult thing will make sense, but no Kool Aid more. in a church. No, oh, no, we should do Kool Aid in a church. Did you see our fashion show? Did you see our fashion show? You didn't see our fashion show. You said it was twenty one oh. enough or something. No, no, no but we but, we posted I saw pictures. Pic yeah. I saw some pictures. Yeah, so yeah. we we had everyone walk out. To, uh, so, <laughs> Father Stretch My Hand starts playing part one. <laughs> um, yeah, Sam walks out in a full po Pope costume with uh in my skivvies. Yeah, skivvies Pope costume. Yeah, holy water. Uh, and he would yeah. walk out, and they were wearing these robes, and he would walk out and bless them. And after they bless them, they would drop their robe that says unemployed spray painted on the back, all white Present. robes. And then each shirt was a different picture of me. 
<laughs> um, and we did this whole fashion walk, and then I uh, walked out. The music cuts. I walk out, and then they spray painted across my chest. Um, and then we all danced. And then we all danced. Yeah. Uh, like this type of dancing. Add, add some blood. Sam was doing that type of dancing. I was. Yeah, it was a good one. Definitely fulfilling uh, the role. We're yeah. planning a. Uh, we don't have a date set, uh, but we're planning a baptism uh, oh. right now. Uh, He's cracking. You are up. always welcome to come out. Yeah. Shout out Oli, our producer for the day. Yeah, we'll probably do a big bonfire. Uh, I really want to have a bonfire where everyone uh, brings an item that you know holds past memory and stuff, and we'll we'll do a burn burn them. Basically, a it's called burning off impurities. Yeah, (laughs) we want to do burning off impurities. That's Uh, hard. It's not based at any religion or anything like that. We just think that shit's kind of cool. There we go. Yeah. And you guys all have unemployment tattoos. You guys we are do all wearing, right here. We all wearing, we're all wearing pants. We can't yeah, see we them, are, we all Next have time right I'll here. Next wear time. pants. Please. Yeah. Also, wear robes next time. Yeah. Thank we you so much for being a robe. gracious host. I have thank mad so social much. anxiety, yeah. and you made me feel very comfortable. And thank you, the ski it was mask, the massage well, that I gave him beforehand. Yeah, I was going to leave that part out, but I thought we'd release that video separately. You wore the fit the whole time, though, and that's like yeah, the most dedicated the, I, shit. No, no, I love that. I'm so honored that you did that. Really it's incredible. Honored. There yeah. we go. So how, what's the easiest way to reach everyone, and how do people reach uh, unemployed? I, at Still Unemployed, I'm a big Instagram kid. Uh, I love mm-hmm. being on there, and me and me and Gertie got the login, so uh, that's the best way to reach out to us, if not yes. all of our socials. With Sam, do you want to? I think it's just at Sam Shoemaker. Sam X Shoemaker, because mm-hmm. somebody had Sam Shoemaker. It's probably, it's probably the... that guy from high school. Yeah. 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 It's probably, yeah. probably that motherfucker from Mercer Island. Yeah. I'm coming. Uh, we, we we changed up the handle on him. It's it's at Gertie Got It. Which makes a lot everywhere. of sense. Everywhere. Find me on Xbox yeah. Live. Instead of Sword. People would either call you Gertie Got It or Sword and Hawk Above. Just cause... Yeah. The, the business, though, like my actual like LLC is licensed <laughs> under Gertie Got It. Like everything I do is... this. It was just hard for me to change the Instagram handle because I had this this uh like it just meant a lot to me. But people would actually call you that. Screen. People would call you Soaring Hawk above. Like yeah, it's that's so why. funny when people call uh, people their usernames. Like, so it was hard for me to change, but immediately <laughs> as, as I did it, it was the best decision you I were ever baptized. made. In a week when the name reopens, I'm gonna just go snag it back and have a backup account that's under that name. So see, we we did it. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, feet picks on there. Unemployed feet picks. Hey, no, dude, that was the thing Jordan couldn't talk about. Oh, God damn shit. it! Yeah. He paints his fingernails. I paint my toenails, but it's only for the OnlyFans foot fetish. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we got a unemployed OnlyFans foot fetish. There we go. Everything. Uh, well, this is the NAS <laughs> podcast, and today I was with a cult called Unemployed. unemployed. Yeah. And yeah. we did it. Shout we out. did it. Shout out to Ol- <laughs> Shout Oli. out. Thank you. Shout he out he Oli, hit us with the yo. we did it right at the end.